0: Exsurge Deus inimici eius et fugiant quo dedunt eum eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. Nomini patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael arcangele defendenos nos proelio. Contra nequitiam et incedi astiablia super praesidium. Imperatilideus supplicas de precamur, duque princeps militai calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, que AD perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum de trude. Amen. Matur dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus carolusa e domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facium tuum et ave Maria purissima, immaculata conceptio est. Domine patris et filii et SPIRITUS sancti. Amen. So my computer's been acting a little bit hinky these last couple of days. Internet connection hasn't been quite as good as it could have been. And on top of that, I've spent the last couple of days um, pulling extra long hours as we're trying to push this aircraft out of our hangar and get it back into the hands of the customer so we can move on to the next airplane. Um, that is actually the reason why I didn't record an episode for yesterday. <clears throat> and I do appreciate your patience with me being a little bit sketch about my recording schedule. <clears throat> for those of you who are supporting the podcast and for my new listeners, thank you very much. I'm glad that you're here. It also, long days, unfortunately, have the side effect if I don't get an opportunity to check in on as many news stories as possible. But given the fact that I've been at least able to follow Ukraine and Russia, I figured we go ahead and talk about that a little bit today. <clears throat> and I'm going to start basically, just, I'm going to give you the bottom line up front. The bottom line up front is that we, we really can't afford to decide that we think we know everything about what's going on over there. Russia. Well, let's be real. Russia's obviously led by, by Vladimir Putin, um, who at least, excuse me, makes a passing sort of reference to being orthodox christian for whatever that means a lot of people understand that the russian orthodox church is basically an extension of the state because some things you know old habits die hard it's just how it goes putin is a despot um we would like to describe him as a tyrant he's certainly a bad dude i'm gonna go with bad dude as as far as i'm willing to go with it um we know he's you know, has a tendency to try to assassinate his political opposition. Um, we know that he's thrown his political opposition in prison. Um, and we know that's generally, I mean, that's kind of part and parcel of the whole KGB thing. And that don't mean, and honestly, I don't mean to minimize it, but for those people who seem to think that Zelensky is much better, I really, actually, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy disabusing you of that notion. Zelensky is not much better. Zelensky, the the president of Ukraine, uh, first off, he's a comedian, which I think is kind of weird because him being a comedian, you wouldn't expect him to be quite the strong man that he seems to have turned into. Now, maybe the fiber and metal of Ukrainian men is substantially more, well, substantially more hardened that even a comedian would manage to be somewhat of a strong man in a nation like Ukraine. Since Zelensky's been in office, um, he has jailed the leader of the opposition party. Uh, The Ukrainian state has banned opposition media. um, And so it's really kind of hard to get a read on what's actually going on in Ukraine. We do know that Ukraine and Russia were both like, look, dude, chill. It's not It's like, it's not like we're going to have a big thing. In fact, one of the things I thought was wildly entertaining was that one of Russia's ministers came out and actually was like, hey, so to the New York Times and to uh, the Western media, um, could you guys just publish when we're supposed to invade Ukraine? Because I'd like to plan out my vacation for the next year. Now, <clears throat> I honestly, at that point, I don't even really care if they're getting ready to invade. I just like the fact that they're willing to be that cheeky. You know, they're like, hey, could you just tell us when we're supposed to invade? And then, you know, I can actually plan out my vacation. I could, you know, we can actually put some plans together. Um, if, you know, we'll just go by your schedule. There <clears throat> there are a few things of note. One of the things that uh, got mentioned, and I want to hat tip uh, Glenn Beck and Jason Buttrell, actually, um, is that. For an invasion that was supposed to, like normally when you're getting ready to invade someplace, you don't give your opposition an opportunity to really build up allies. Now, from what I understand, the United Kingdom and Poland have both entered into a more formal alliance with Ukraine in these, I guess, in the last day or so, which is going to be a little bit detrimental because uh, the UK and Poland are both actually NATO allies. So if the bullets start flying in somebody and one of them actually gets more directly involved... That does actually have the potential to drag us into war because we decided we were going to be meddlesome and we were going to form allegiances and alliances and all those things that the founding fathers were like, hey, you know, we'd really rather not do these things. (sighs) The other thing that I want to point out is that the Biden administration, we know for a fact that Joe Biden himself is actually directly entangled with a lot of things going on in Ukraine. And that's part of the reasons why it's been really difficult to kind of unpack and sort of untie and figure out exactly what it is that is our interest. Because we know now that the Biden laptop, that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. We know that Burisma Holdings, the natural gas company in Ukraine, was paying Hunter Biden, $83,000 a month, or roughly right about a million dollars a year. Despite the fact that Hunter Biden has no natural gas experience, and he's got no experience in the region, he doesn't really speak Ukrainian, and in fact, actually, his only real experience that anybody could count on is his affinity for crack cocaine. And this is, I mean, it's not exactly a dig, but I mean, let's be real. That's really Hunter Biden's only stat where we're like, okay, if this was Columbia and we were talking about cocaine and we're talking about crack, then Hunter Biden would be the guy that I wanted in charge. But instead he was on the board for Burisma, making $83,000 a month, basically there to be access to Joe Biden. And we know this for a fact so anything that comes out of the Biden administration, you kind of you have to filter through that because we don't really know what the intention is, how much $83,000 a month really buys for allegiance from someone like Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who also we know his son got $3 million in a, pay, in a cash payout from the wife of the mayor of Moscow, who happened to be really, really powerful within Russia. So you have a million dollars a year coming from Burisma and you've got three million dollars coming out of Moscow. And I mean, seriously, like where, where do you even tie this up at now? I don't know how on board Zelensky is with the whole great reset thing, but I haven't really heard a whole lot coming out of Ukraine saying, Hey, we're not going to do this now. That being said, I mean, you know, well, how much do you expect to hear? I know that Vladimir Putin is on some level in line with a great reset, you know, in the, you know, that part of the level where it's like, as long as I get to line my pockets, you know, we'll figure out, we'll figure out all the rest is, you know, manage to, you know, grease the wheels as much as possible, whatever. So when you're trying to actually play this whole thing out and you're like, well, you know, Russia's a bad guy. Well, okay. Yeah, he's you know used vx as you know as a method of assassination for his political enemies and he's you know kind of controlled russian state media and and controlled the opposition okay fair play so he's not a good guy but zelensky's jailed the poli- his political opposition he's he's jailed the number the leader of the opposition they've they've banned in ukraine anything that opposes state media so zelensky's not really The good guy, either. And then you gotta ask yourself, well, I mean, even if even if Joe Biden wasn't compromised, how much do you trust the American federal government? I mean, do you trust Anthony Fauci and the CDC? Do you trust Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice? Do you trust Mark Milley and the Pentagon? Do you trust the Supreme Court, really? The House of Representatives, the Senate, the Department of Transportation under Pete Buttigieg? I mean, do you really trust these people? And I could come up with a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't trust them, like the fact that all of the top Biden administration people seem to be coming out of, you know, organizations like BlackRock, the 1630 uh, Fund, um, Arabella Fund Management or Management Company. Like, there's You know, I mean, and then you like you have the new money with coming from Arabella and the six and the 1630 fund and um, what you call it demand justice and the justice Democrats like you got the new money people. But you still have the old money people like the Center for American Progress, the Tides Foundation, the Open Societies Foundation, the Davos people. Like, seriously, ask yourself, how much do you trust any of these people? Could you see yourself fully supporting the United States of America if we decide to go to war for some people we've never met who speak a language that we don't speak, who murder people and in, and throw people in prison? Oh, oh, darn it! Almost forgot January sixth. Speaking of throwing people in prison, you know we still get, we still have you know three dozen plus people who are still incarcerated. Who are still in jail, pending trial, without bail, now more than a year, who are being charged with misdemeanors, which guarantee that you're not even going to spend a year in jail. Like, really? I mean, we can't even trust Canada. Canada right now. I mean, Not talking about the people. Obviously, the the Freedom Convoy 2022 was was a big hit. It hit so big that Justin Trudeau decided to basically declare martial law in every way that you could, including ways that most of us probably never thought was even going to be a thing, like being able to shut down people's bank accounts because you donated to Give, Send, Go. Arresting the political opposition leaders for the Freedom Convoy. Sending the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties, out to sabotage heavy equipment that doesn't belong to the government, but instead, oh yeah, no, it's no big deal. We'll do 10000 $20,000 worth of damage to your equipment. Like at some point, at some point you got to sit down and realize that the list of people that you don't trust is far, far longer than the list of people that you do. And unlike the list of people that you normally don't trust because you don't know their names, you're like, oh, I don't really trust any of these people because I don't really know them. I don't know who they are. I haven't seen them in action. Well, unlike that list, we actually have names. We've got names. We've got faces of people who are doing all of these evil things. Wicked, nasty things. Can we necessarily say we trust our priest? Well, I mean, if you're a trad, then then that, at least that answer is probably yes. But you've got people on both sides of the spectrum who either don't trust their priest because they're too traditional or don't trust their priest because they're too bogus ordo. You don't trust the bishops. Really shouldn't. I mean, hell, they can't even come out and condemn abortion. A second grader can come out and condemn abortion. You know, someone who's going through, you know, Sunday school. They can come out and condemn abortion. It's pretty obvious for them. But the bishop or a cardinal, man, they can't even come down with it. Weird. And do you find yourself trusting the pope, who seems to be all in on the whole globalist nonsense? Like we're in this spot where it's just like, no, I don't really trust anybody. You know, you trust your wife, you trust your husband, you trust your children, maybe your brother, maybe your brothers and sisters. And I say maybe because I mean, let's be real. 2020 and 2021 did a great job in breaking up families. You know, Even my own mother, I only trust her so far now because while she would say, Hey, I would never do X, Y, and Z, she's also the kind of person who might think that she's doing something for me and is actually doing something against me because sin does darken the intellect. <clears throat> and she's not a practicing Catholic, so she doesn't. So I'm like, I can't even point her in the right direction because she sort of automatically recoils from that. So here I am in a world where I don't even know necessarily that I can trust my own mother. I don't, I can't imagine how you guys feel. To say the world seems to be significantly atomized, well, that's absolutely true. So what do we do? Well, I intend after this podcast, what actually, after we get this airplane out of my hangar. <laughs> I intend on getting in contact with some, with some Canadian friends and finding out what is going on and how badly this move has actually changed the landscape. Because, no joke, in the last week, I found myself having to push in the direction. Well, I'll put it this way. So... Um, you guys won't notice, but it's very likely that before before the end of next week, I will be actually recording on another podcasting platform. Everything will still look the same. It just won't be run by Anchor anymore. Um, with any luck, I'll be able to do, I'll be able to follow Trad Cat Night and do, uh, you know, Eric Kajewski over there and and be able to start doing blog talk radio because I would love to just do an hour long radio show a live show, and then maybe make that as, you know, subscriber content or something. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because I don't even know how much money I really want to make off of this. Like, you know, like, let's be real for just a minute. I'm not in the, you know, I'm not in this for the money. So it's just a matter of finding a format that I think is most fun, you know, that, that would be most productive, not so much for me, but something that you guys would like. But in addition to that, like I'm shifting all of my email stuff. Oh, by the way, I probably forgot to put the uh, opener on this, but the new email address is Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. So Caleb at the podcast you're listening to dot com. But yeah, like I don't even (laughs) at this point, Because, because I needed secure email, which means before too long, I'll be switching over my smartphone over, over to a, uh, over to an encrypted phone and be moving like no joke. And I'm just shifting everything. I'm, I am now making the moves that I was like, I don't know if it's quite time yet in part, because some of that stuff wasn't ready, but now we're kind of coming to the point where it's like, okay, I don't need GPS tracking. You know, I can navigate just fine on my own everywhere I need to go. I can manage to get there without, you know, making my life a little bit more crazy. But that's the direction I'm headed in because, well, you know, I'm not part of a comfortably ensconced community. Radio Free Catholic's kind of the pirate ship out there floating, floating through the cosmos in, in cyberspace. But the things I do know, I do know I cannot trust a bank. I most certainly cannot trust the bank that I had been banking with out of convenience anymore. Is it a guarantee that I'll be able that I'll be able to protect myself fully? No, it's not. Am I switching to cash more and more often? Yes. Do I recommend that you do the same? Absolutely. I will, you know, I have a confession to make. As much as I've been talking about all of this coming to pass, and I've known it's been coming to pass, I've been able to predict it, you know, by and large with the things that are going on in the country there was still a part of me that was was resisting all of this. I didn't believe, like I knew intellectually, but I had yet to conform my will to match what I knew. And so effectively, I didn't believe that we were going to be headed in this direction so fast. I knew it. I knew they'd been planning it. I just didn't think that, well, I mean, the way it unfolded kind of caught me a little bit by surprise. Yeah, I could sit back and go, well, I kind of knew that was happening. Yeah, I kind of knew this was going on. Yeah, I could, you know, we were expecting that. But there was a part of me that was holding out, hoping that the answer was going to be no, that none of this stuff was going to be happening. That no, we weren't going to have to worry about all that. That no, this wasn't going to happen because we were going to somehow miraculously pull it out of our behinds and right the ship. Are we going to war in Ukraine to fight Russia? Pfft. Who knows? Who knows? If we go to war to fight Ukraine and Russia, do I think we should blockade D.C.? Actually, I think we should blockade D.C. regardless. I wish I had a tra- I Honestly, I wish I had an 18-wheeler to drive. I would just drive it and park. Legit. Just go. Just go there with enough people to block all the roads, park, disable the truck, and leave. Because you don't have to man a blockade. I mean, they can spend however much time they're going to try and spend to move everything out of the way. But that's it's pretty much what we need to do. We just need to cordon all them yok- all them jokers off and leave them in in DC. And let them and just let them fight it out. They'll try and figure out whatever it it doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't matter. They don't have our best interests in mind. They don't have your best interests in mind. They don't have the welfare of your children in actually in mind. I mean, they talk about, don't you care about the children? But they really don't. There are no good guys. There's like one or two that I would, that I believe, actually believe everything that they're saying and do genuinely believe that what they're saying is good for us. And most of them, I, and even they, I go, well, you know, but sin darkens the intellect and you're totally not doing it. They want the banks. They can have the banks. They want the Green New Deal. They can have the Green New Deal. The rest of us just need to be able to find a way to carry on without them. They're going to try and turn it into the districts, whatever. And just remind them that we outnumber them, you know, something to the tune of 10 million to one. And just be done with it. Because all of the people who are pulling all these strings, who want to do all this stuff, they're not the majority. They're a plurality. They're not even like, they're a plurality. They're not even close to the majority. Now, for, for all the zombies who have bought into the garbage that they've been fed these last several years, you know, if they wake up, great. If not, I don't care. I'm gonna pray for him regardless, but I got to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sanguine about it. Scripture is pretty solid on where we're at right now. If you're a faithful Catholic, if you're somewhat of a traditional Christian, even if you're not even if you've got some wonky belief systems, let's be real. You're the minority. You know if you're a faithful Mormon, if you're a faithful you know Baptist, if you're a faithful Pentecostal, for what I know, all honesty. what I mean, when you're saying that about Protestants, whatever that means, I don't really know because it's not like Protestants have doctrine. You know, you guys don't. Here's where you run into the issue. You guys don't have a doctrine to follow. You know, Catholics and Orthodox, we've got a doctrine. It's been there for thousands of years. Yes. Is there a d- disagreement between the Orthos, between the Orthos and the Catholics? Well, yeah. I was having that discussion with an, with an Orthodox, uh, with an Orthodox brother of mine in, you know, at work today. Are there, is there some wonky stuff between us? Yes. Do we have to work it out? Well, is it necessary for, I mean, that's really the other question that you got to ask yourself. Is it necessary for salvation? Because everything that's necessary to believe in the Catholic Church is in the, is in the Catechism of the Council of Trent. We know for a fact that is necessary to believe. Now, there's some other day fee stuff. Things that have been defined that, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit of a bone, bone of contention. Okay. But, I mean, as I... There's a bunch of, like, I look at it and I go, uh, there's not the same, like, it's not the same. It's not nearly it's not nearly the separation between you know Catholics and, and Orthodox as there is between the Protestants with their sola scriptura, sola fide, sola, whatever. They're five solas that make no sense whatsoever. Because you can't go sola scriptura because there's nowhere in scripture where it says sola scriptura. You can't go with sola fide because in scripture it says sola fide is wrong. But even with all of that, even with all of those obvious problems, if you believe in God, if you believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you're trying to be a better person after the path of our Lord, meaning the one that he set forth, because ultimately, is it going to get a little bit wonky? Well, yes, because there's some stuff that you know you probably need to get right with. But the same can be said with us all. How many Catholics are living in mortal sin just kind of, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I get a chance to get to confession or whatever. But I mean, you know, well you know, if God wills it, then, you know, it'll happen. Well, OK, cool. If God, you know, if God wills it, then you'll certainly have the opportunity. But maybe you ought to take the opportunity. I'm just saying, I don't know the recipe. I mean, it, you know, it's pretty much well known that if you're in mortal sin when you die. Oh, it's going to take a special grace. It's going to take a special grace. It's going to have to be a very particular grace to make sure that you make it. Just like it will be an extraordinary, extraordinary grace. If you're outside the church and God decides to go ahead and say, you know what, you can come in. Now, there's a lot of debate with the Catholics and with the Orthodox. And I got to be honest with you, I'm I'm not willing to die on any of those hills. I'm just not we're we're not talking about a hill that's big enough. You know, oh, I'm going to die on this molehill. I mean, yes, it may be a big deal. And there are plenty of things that are big enough deal where maybe we, you know, we hash it out. But it is very clear to me that if you're not making every preparation just to ready for yourself for the hell that's coming. And it's going to be hell. You can't read the you can't read you cannot read the apocalypse of St. John and not know that hell is going to be unleashed on earth and it's going to be horrifying and it's going to be bloody and it's going to be fiery. and if the new york times is to be believed then it might happen this weekend for a catholic i mean let's be real it shouldn't matter oh hey dying tomorrow i die in 30 years ultimately we have the same job get into heaven but if you're a parent then you have then you have the responsibility to teach your kids how to get into heaven to train them so that this way what they have is the habit of getting their behinds into heaven. I don't know necessarily what the truckers or those like them should do. Beyond, pick up your rosary and pray. There's a few other things that I would probably recommend because the, because the landscape has definitely changed. And I hope to get an opportunity to maybe speak with one or two and tell them. But if you're not praying your rosary, forget about it. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. It's that simple. If you're not praying the rosary, if you're not doing 15 15 minutes of meditation a day, if you're not actually getting yourself as close to the cross of our Lord and Savior as you can, if you're not trying to tuck yourself into the wound in his sacred heart, if you're not trying to hide under the mantle of our lady, then I got to be honest with you. Anything else you do is moot, who cares? You want to pick up a gun and you want to pick up a gun and go charging a hill, go for it because you're going to land in the same place as if you wait for the Gestapo to kick in your door if you're not praying. It doesn't matter if you die a martyr. You're not actually a martyr for Christ. So you might be a martyr for the cause of liberty or whatever. But what does that mean? Oh, I'm a martyr for liberty. Okay, well, will will being a martyr for liberty get you into heaven? No. Being a Christian martyr will get you into heaven. Being a Christian soldier will get you into heaven, but just being a soldier will just, you know, fill a box. You know, just being a soldier will just help you fill a coffin. Yeah, you'll be a hero to some people, but seriously, what does that mean? Who cares? Who cares if you don't get into heaven? Can you spend your heroism? After you're dead, can you spend any money that's left? No. Our biggest problem, the main reason why we've gotten to this point is we've completely forgotten about all of that altogether. And the same is true for the Ukrainians. And the same is true for the Russians. If you are not getting close to the cross of our Lord, because here's the thing, war is a chastisement. It is also a holocaust. It is a chastisement for those who turn away from God and it is a holocaust a holy offering for those who turn towards him So ask yourself what what do you want it to be do you want it to be a chastisement do you want it to be hell on earth or do you want it to or do you want it to actually be the gateway into heaven For all of the Catholics who participated in the Freedom Convoy and had, you know, got arrested and got their bank accounts frozen and got their crypto wallets frozen. If you were doing it for the right reason, then you've already attained the first crown. And if you can keep that crown on your head after a fashion using a figure of speech there, kind of a loose one, then you make it into heaven. And if you don't, then you won't. If you weren't doing it for the right reason, then you're not a martyr of anything. You're just some dude who got thrown in jail. You're just some dude who got all his finances shut off because you refused to do, well, whatever. may not be because you refuse to do penance. But if you refuse to do any penance, if you refuse to make any reparation, if you refuse to spend time in prayer. Well, then I hope this actually opens up the opportunity for you. Because come hell or high water, if you're not in a state of grace, you'll be consumed. If you're not doing it for the right reason, you'll be consumed. And if you are doing it for the right reason, then it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what Justin Trudeau says, or what the CBC says, or what the US government says, or what the Department of Justice says, or what that moron hacker who handed out all that data from Give, Send, Go says. Little putz. What a weak little man couldn't even keep emotional control of himself when he was doing that video. dude looked like he was having a psychotic break while he was celebrating having done it. I mean, come on. Is that the side you want to be on? You want to you want to seriously look like a little pink and blonde-headed demon screaming your head off, bragging about how you did it? I mean, for crying out loud, dude may as well have been masturbating on camera. I would argue I would argue from a certain point of view that might actually be more entertaining for some people. Criminy Ooh, immense cosmic power, moron. Whatever. God have mercy on him and, and let him repent. Let him repent and make it into the kingdom. Because it would be far more interesting to see what he looked like with the smile of the beatific vision on his face than during that, I don't know, I don't even know if that was a TikTok video. That might have been a live feed on Twitter or whatever. I don't even know. Don't really care. He's beginning to see the point, though. There are no good guys involved in whatever pops off. Our government's corrupted. The Ukrainian government, I mean, is kind of busted. The Russian government is busted. The British government's busted. The German government's busted. The French government's busted. The Polish government sort of, I don't know. I don't even know about the Polish government. I mean, they're doing some stuff right, but they're still refusing to get other stuff right. So, I mean, are we really there yet? It's all generally busted. Just waiting for it to manifest fully so some of us can actually live our lives. And we need to be focused on what's real. Okay, so here's the thing. Whether or not protesting is the right thing, if you're not praying, it's not the right thing. Whether or not an uprising is the right thing. If you're not praying, it's not the right thing. Do you see where this whole thing is? Is you have If you're not spending time on your knees in front of God, it doesn't matter what you choose to do. It's not going to be the right thing. Because you're not really doing it for him. You're doing it for something else. You're not asking him for his guidance. You're just trying to go it alone. So whether you end up, you know, seriously, if you're in Ukraine and you end up fighting against the Russians, if you're not spending time in prayer, you're going to hell if you die. Likewise to the Russians, if you're not spending your time in prayer, you're going to hell if you die. And I don't think I need to clarify who you need to be praying to, because I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you should already know that answer. In the UK, likewise. Poland, likewise. Hungary, likewise. Germany, likewise. America, likewise. Canada, likewise. Mexico, likewise. If you're not praying, it's guaranteed you're on the wrong side. And that's just it. Now, I'm pretty good at looking, the whole, looking at the whole situation, but this is kind of the key thing of the Catholic aspect of this podcast, is that if you're not spending at least 15 minutes a day in prayer, you're screwing yourself. You have no hope whatsoever of God getting behind you if you're not getting in front of him. If you're not letting him guide this thing, him guide your actions, you have no hope of success. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. But if God is against me because I'm not with Him, then even if I I succeed, I fail. And that's the point. Because if you're not in prayer, if you're not meditating, if you're not fasting, if you're not making reparation and doing penance, Then all of these things, all of the challenges that can come by, the frozen bank accounts, the arrest warrants, the doxing, you're not going to be able to stand up against any of that. And nothing you will do will prosper. All right, I think I've beaten you over the head on this one enough. Pray for the church. Pray that some of us pray that at least one bishop comes out and starts acting like a bishop. And I'm not talking about tweeting like an e-priest. I mean comes out and acts like a freaking bishop. Pray that we get some clarity on the Pope's situation. For those of you who are sedes or ben, or what is it, Ben uh, bene, beneplenist? whatever. Um, the po- the whole Pope situation. Do we have an anti-Pope? Do we have no Pope? Do we have a Pope? Is it the Pope that we think? That whole situation. You guys know where I stand on it, but let's be real. I've, I've had a little bit of doubt poured into that, in, into that bowl as well, where I'm looking and I'm going, eh, maybe I'm not so sure. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Coffin, you douche nugget. I'm kidding. I like you, but it's really annoying that you did that video. It's really annoying that you made very, very solid arguments. And between that and the recent actions, I mean, let's be real. Like, if you're not asking yourself that question, are you really paying attention? Anyhow, pray for the church. Pray for your nation. Pray for your government leaders. And, uh, you know, it, you know how nice it would be if the Archangel Michael just stood in, 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 in Joe Biden in the Oval Office and looked Joe Biden in the face and was just like, dude, stop. Repent. You know how awesome that would be? I mean, Joe Biden's an old man and you can tell he's kind of and you can tell he's going to hell as it stands. Like you can see it. It's printed all over his crusty skin. You know how awesome it would be if he repented. It'd be dope. Maybe he'd bring his family with him. It'd be awesome. Is it going to repair all the damage? Well, you know, not immediately. Whatevs. This is what it is. That stuff will move over time. All that stuff's in God's hands, anyway. <laughs> you know how awesome it would be if Nancy Pelosi repented. I mean, she quit looking surprised all the time and old and crusty and like. Somebody's trying to stretch her skin out too tight on her face. You sit there and tell me that you wouldn't like to rejoice with these people in the kingdom of heaven. I'd like to rejoice with everybody in the kingdom of heaven. But if they refuse to repent, I'm going to rejoice while they're, you know, in agony too, because I mean, that's a thing also. Part of the, it's a whole part of the beatific vision is you get to see how perfect everything is. And you're it's really, really hard to be like, oh hey, wow, that's terrible. When it's like, well, well, you know, God's justice is perfect. <clears throat> pray for your nation, pray for your state, pray for your city, pray for your parish, pray for your priests, and support your priests, especially if they're willing to go it alone in the face of Traditionus Custodis. Like I said, if we're not doing, if we're not praying and we're not making reparation, what are we like? Seriously, why are you even here? More than that, why do you even listen to this podcast? Anyway, I've gone on long enough. The situation's out there. We all know what it is. Just try to pray so you can stay clear eyed. It's pretty much the whole purpose behind my devotion to Our Lady under her title, Our Lady of Sorrows is so that she can reveal to me the secrets that are in my heart and whatever secrets that I just can't seem to wrap my own brain around. It's kind of in the promises. Also, consider downloading and purchasing a chaplet of the Holy Face because that is actually the weapon that our Lord gave against communism. It's a short set of prayers. As with all things, I still prefer to pray them in Latin because it's it's actually much much faster. I mean, it is for me anyway. <laughs> but I use that. But I mean, I pray those prayers even when I'm feeling temptation, because if there's anything diabolical around, I'm going to do what the prayer says. They're going to flee from before his face. To help you to think a little bit more clearly. Anyhow, that's enough extra stuff on prayer. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Oh, and if you've got a little bit of extra time, pray for me because I'd really like to get this airplane out of my hangar. <laughs> In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Good night.